And as you maybe know, like many of us with ADHD, we love the novelty. And to download a new app gives us exactly that feeling of starting something new and exciting, which then stimulates our ADHD brain. It's like trying a new planning method or trying a new note-taking app again, even though the old one plus minus serves exactly the same purpose. The most successful ADHDers in the world see ADHD as a superpower. This podcast, ADHD Power, is my attempt to document the many failures and lessons I've learned on my journey of living a high-performance life with ADHD. My hope is that you use these lessons to increase your productivity and maybe someday soon turn your ADHD into a valuable asset in your life. Please share and enjoy. Hey ADHD High Performers. If you are new here, I'm Nicola. I'm an ADHD high performance coach, master student podcaster, and currently an intern at Stadler Rail in the US. In today's episode, I want to talk about ADHD and digital minimalism, the power of less. For some time now, I've been paying more attention to the applications, to the apps on my phone and the new ones I download. Because I realized at one point in my life that I had many apps on my phone that I rarely or never used. Sometimes I downloaded an app for a one-time use or simply thought an app could make my life easier. But interestingly, often the opposite was the case in the end or the opposite happened. It didn't make my life easier, it complicated it. And as you maybe know, like many of us with ADHD, we love the novelty. And to download a new app gives us exactly that feeling of starting something new and exciting, which then stimulates our ADHD brain. It's like trying a new planning method or trying a new note-taking app again, even though the old one plus minus serves exactly the same purpose. So, I basically realized that I had a lot of apps on my phone that I didn't use on a regular basis. So I started to declutter my iPhone. And for each application, I asked myself whether it truly added value to my life or just complicated it and whether I had actively used it recently, this application. And if the answer to these questions was no, I deleted the app from my phone. And I thought, if I ever need this specific app again, I can always re-download it. It's not a big deal, you know. And after this decluttering process, I tried to get the most out of the remaining apps that last on my phone. And by that, I mean I tried and I'm still trying to optimize the workflow within each app. So basically, what I'm trying to do now is to make the workflow of the remaining productivity apps I use or in general, in general the apps, I try to make it as efficient as productive and effectively as possible so that the usage simply enriches my life, makes my life better. And I'll give you some specific examples from my productivity apps I currently use. Maybe you, I already shared that with you. I use three applications that build my productivity system, which is a note-taking app, a to-do app, and my Google Calendar. So I will unwrap each one of these, how I use them more efficiently yeah, how I try to apply this concept of simply optimizing the workflow to these apps. Let's start with Evernote, my note-taking app. What I'm doing there is I organized it as efficiently as possible so that I can easily store information and ideas. So for instance, if I come up with a podcast topic during a workout, I can immediately note it in a special designated document so it doesn't get lost. Maybe you know that many of us with ADHD, we all the time have 
ideas, thoughts in our heads. And I always try to write them immediately down because I realized what <laughs> also David Allen pointed out in his book, Getting Things Done. Our brain is great for having ideas, but not for holding them. Therefore, I try to get it as fast out of my head into my second brain, into my note-taking app, basically. Yeah. So what I'm simply saying is I try to structure my Evernote as efficiently as possible that I can get ideas really fast inside the system so I don't lose them. That's one example how I try to optimize the workflow. Another example is in my to-do app, Things. It's an application for Apple products um, where you can manage your tasks. By the way, if you don't use Apple products, you can also use applications like Todoist or Trello, for instance. Now, personally, I use Things, and what I'm doing in this task management um, application, I categorized this app according to the different areas of my life. So I know what needs to be done in different roles. And then almost or no task is lost this way because I have this main to-do app and all the time when something pops into my mind or I want to do something, I write it down. Yeah, And usually the actual process is sometimes I write it first down on my distraction log, which is simply a blank piece of paper, which I use during the day when something pops into my mind. And then in the evening, I use those ideas or thoughts or tasks, whatever, which I wrote down on that blank piece of paper, I transfer them into my productivity system. And for instance, tasks, I put them into my to-do app. Yeah, things. And how I structured my to-do app is simply according to the different areas of my life. I like this concept of so-called life buckets because we have so many different things in our lives going on. We have different roles. In my case, for instance, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an intern, I'm a master student, I'm a podcaster. And for each role, I come up with a folder where I put in the tasks that are relevant in that area of my life. So that is how I optimize my workflow basically in my to-do app. Now, the third app I use is Google Calendar. By the way, Calendar is great. I base my whole life basically on a calendar. It makes life so much easier because I don't need to think so much what I should do. It's like, basically, I put the activities I do on a daily basis into my calendar and then I need to, don't need to think what I should do. And ultimately, that helps also with procrastination because it creates having a plan and using a calendar for tasks, for instance, helps or Time blocking, basically, when you do that, you have an implementation intention. You know what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and where you're going to do it. And that increases the likelihood that you actually will do the things. Now, what I did with my Google Calendar is I created a categorized calendar where I immediately make an entry when an appointment is made. So I don't forget any appointments. So that is one application example. I not only use my Google Calendar for um, time blocking, obviously I also use it for appointments. When I, for instance, um, have done or I discussed with somebody something and we said, hey, we will have a meeting next week, on Monday, I put that immediately into my calendar because the likelihood that I will forget it is pretty high, especially if I, if I have many things to do on that given day. So therefore, I put it immediately into my calendar. And for that, I have a specific calendar. Again, I use the same principle of 
um, using live areas or live buckets. Yeah, like for instance, um, my coaching business is something. Um, a life area is my uh, my master's degree, what I'm doing or podcasting, etc. And then adds again a little bit of structure into my Google Calendar. I can and in addition to that, I can also color code each area of my life, and that gives a good. If I then have a look at my calendar, it gives a good reflection how how balanced my days in sense of what I'm doing. Yeah, I see. Okay, I'm spending that much amount of time on learning for university exams or that amount of time in my business, etc. And then I see it's basically giving me a good rep- representation of how much time I spend in each role in my life. So long story short, those were three examples how I try to optimize the workflow with the few apps that I have on my phone. Evernote, things in Google Calendar, for instance, are three apps I highly, I regularly use almost actually on a daily basis. Real quick ADHD high performers, you may know that we don't run any ads to grow this podcast, so the only ask that I have for you is that you help me spread the word to help more working professionals and entrepreneurs with ADHD overcome procrastination, be more productive, have their life in order and use their superpower to make the world a better place. And the only way we do that is if you could rate, review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is just leave a review that takes you 10 seconds or one time with your thumb. That would mean a lot to me and more importantly, it may change someone else's world. Now to go one step further, for other applications that are less focused on productivity and daily organization, so not, so not apps like uh, Google Calendar, etc. I basically, I try to extract the greatest value in other ways. For example, with the YouTube app, I try to watch videos that are intellectually simulating and help me grow in various ways. Or with Spotify, for instance, I subscribe to podcasts that I find interesting and educational. And that's, again, the principle, okay, you have your apps on your phone, those which you use regularly, and you can always try to get the most out of it. Yeah, And I like to apply that to different apps like I shared with you right now. Now, today my phone's home screen contains the most important apps. And on the second page, there are other apps that I use less often, but still see value in, in, in those. And in my opinion, <laughs> I still have too many apps. So I will try to continue uh, to basically declutter them. Um, over the next weeks, months, and years, yeah. But I already decluttered a lot of them, and it makes life definitely easier. Now the question may arise: Why should I declutter my phone and focus on fewer apps? So, firstly, it makes everything more organized and simpler, and secondly, it removes a burden because there's no need for updates or notifications. Although one could argue that you can just automate updates and turn off notifications. Fair enough. But out of the 200 apps where you have turned off notifications and automated updates, how many do you really need? (laughs) In most cases, we don't need 200 apps to live a good life. And one thing I want to make clear here, it's not my intention to portray apps as bad in themselves. Actually, on the contrary, I primarily see the issue in the totality of existing apps, numerous gimmicks that compete for our attention daily. And for some, this can come at the expense of a conscious life. If you all the time get distracted by so many different apps, by notifications, etc. 
And interestingly, I just recently, an entrepreneur shared that if you have a look at people's computer desktop or their actual desk or their apartment, it's always a good reflection of what's going on in their head. If there is a mess or is there, if there is no mess, you know, and I found that quite of interesting because since I'm paying more attention on uh, living a minimalistic lifestyle and having an organized desk or in general an organized life, my head became way, way calmer in the end. A peaceful mind, like a calm mind, which I'm aiming for. Or that's the goal, yeah. But I'm already feeling, to be honest, really, really content with my situation and uh, with with my mind, basically. Yeah, it's really calm. And that was not always the case, but that was a process. And I'm pretty content how it is right now. Now, I advocate for a conscious use of these technologies, applications, etc. And focusing your online time on a small number of carefully selected apps that genuinely add value to your life. And I really like the following idea from the book Digital Minimalism written by Carl Newport. The idea is, we should consider what our own important values are and then ask ourselves which technologies supports these values. So what exactly do I mean by that? Give you an example. So one value could be, in your case, lifelong learning. Then you could say, okay, I use Evernote all the time when I learn a new idea, I write it immediately down in my Evernote. Or when I, re- I listen to a podcast and there is something really interesting and I think that could help me in my life, I write it immediately down into my Evernote. Or you could say, if learning is a value in your life, I just I use YouTube f- just for educational content. So you, you get the gist. You first get clear about your values and then you choose the according technologies that helps you, that, that basically supports your values. Because what I observed and also to a certain degree in my life is that first I actually choose the technologies and then I thought about my values. But actually when I started to do the opposite, it was way more sustainable because in my case, for instance, learning is definitely one of my values. I want to learn, I want to grow basically. And Evernote and YouTube are helping me with that if I use them in a productive and effective manner. Now, I think it's also important to recognize that too many unnecessary apps can cost us our time and concentration. If you all the time have notifications popping up on your phone and you don't find a sustainable way how to handle those, it can really harm your concentration muscle because in the end, concentration is a muscle that needs consistent training in order to make it stronger and stronger. And in my case, for instance, I resolved all negatives of ADHD. And one thing that tremendously helped me on my journey is simply doing one thing at a time with maximum intensity. And in the beginning, it was hard, but it became easier and easier over time because my concentration got stronger and stronger, which was pretty interesting. And you can practice, or I try to practice that not only when it comes to work, but also if I, when I have conversations with somebody, a conversation, I try to fully focus, no phone, nothing else what I'm doing. Yeah, fully attention to the thing at hand. And I remember a mentor of mine, he shared 
how you do one thing is how you do everything. And that is how I try to approach life. It's like in the gym, for instance, I turn up a podcast, put my phone away and then just work out as hard as possible. And how you do one thing is how you do everything. This principle is not always easy to practice. And I also don't do it all the time, but I try to do it and I, tr I know what is the ideal. And I always try to aim for that. And interestingly, if you do many different things with maximum intensity, also life becomes easier because you are doing consistently the hard things. And if you are doing hard things that you may not like so much sometimes, something in your brain, for, or that's what I experienced, something in my brain became stronger and stronger and stronger. And I call that my willpower muscle because I trained it through different things in my life. I'll give you examples. Instead of taking the elevator, I take the stairs. Instead of brushing my teeth with the right hand, my strong hand, I brush it with my left hand. Or cold showers in the morning. Instead of warm shower, cold shower. Or also confronting myself with uncomfortable thoughts after a long day. I reflect upon my day and I confront myself with the uncomfortable things. And the more I practice that, the stronger my willpower muscle became. And it maybe can help you as well. Now, I believe it's crucial that we carefully choose apps and ask ourselves whether they support our values. Thus, the core message of this episode is to selectively incorporate new technologies into our life so that we are actively asking if I download, if I let this piece of technology or this technology into my life, is it helping me? Is it making my life easier? So now my final question for you that can maybe help you support or support you on this decluttering journey, living a digital minimalistic life. Okay, so which apps have I not used in the last six months or have almost never used, provide little to no value and are essentially just clutter? Answer this question and that gives you maybe a starting point which things you could start to delete from your phone or from your computer, for instance. All right. Thank you for listening. I wish you all a successful and productive week and see you in the next one. Bye.